Welcome to the podcast of Revival Life Church, a spirit-filled multicultural church in Boca Raton, Florida. If you would like more information about Revival Life Church or Pastor Carl Thomas, you can find us on the web at revivallife.church. Hallelujah. 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 Do you have a praise on the inside of you? Do you have a praise on the inside of you? Hallelujah. 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 What's the atmosphere over your life? Is there an atmosphere of praise over your life? Is there an atmosphere of lack over your life? Is there a la- uh, an atmosphere of, of, of complaining and disappointment over your life? Is there an atmosphere of depression over your life? Or is there an atmosphere of a realization of who Christ is over your life? Is there a praise on the inside of you? Let me rephrase this. There is a praise living on the inside of you that desires earnestly to be expressed. This is what you were created for. The hallelujah is what you were created for. Hallelujah. 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 Wednesday night, I, uh, as we are in our... Keep going, Stanley, we're good. As we are in our, the revelation of Jesus teaching on Wednesday night, We talked about the atmosphere of heaven. We talked about the prophets. And we'll talk about that more in a moment. We talked about their very visual representations of what is happening in heaven. And how they vividly saw the atmosphere of heaven. And as as we read these writings in the prophets, the glory of God filled our stream. You could experience the presence of the living God in the stream. And it produced a hallelujah. And I wonder about a people who are created to carry the presence of God. And then confess Jesus Christ as Lord, knowing that the Spirit of God is living on the inside of them. And when that heaven is revealed, you can't help but recognize it and give it a hallelujah. 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 I'm going to say it until it gets on the inside of you. Hallelujah. 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 
Hallelujah. Like I feel a little awkward. Good. 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 Hallelujah. 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 We're starting a new message series today, the go of the gospel. We started off talking about the encounter with Jesus. We moved on to spiritual formation of being formed into his image. And now we're talking about taking that formed image into the world. And I had a scripture I wanted to preach every week in this series. And I'm going to tell you the scripture, but I'm not preaching it this week. If you've got a Bible, turn to Mark chapter 16. Mark 16, starting with verse 15, the Bible says, And Jesus said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. He who has believed and has been baptized shall be saved. But he who has disbelieved shall be condemned. These signs will accompany those who have believed. Does anybody in here believe? These signs will accompany those who have believed. In my name they will cast out demons. They'll speak with new tongues. They'll pick up serpents and they, ha, 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 ha. These signs will accompany those who have believed. In my name, they will cast out demons. They'll speak in new tongues. They will pick up serpents. And if they drink any deadly poison, it will not hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and what? And they shall recover. Can you say amen to the reading of the word? And Father, we thank you. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you that your word is alive and active this morning. I uh, had an interesting, how's your week been? I had an interesting week. I had a real interesting week. It's been a bit of an interesting week. I'm going to be honest with you. I had a bit of an interesting week. I'm going to be honest with you. And uh, I had a, I had a, I had a, a, a Wednesday night. We, uh, we, 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 we talked in our, in our Bible study uh, online about, uh, we're, we're going over what true prophecy is and what the false prophets are. And, and there's, a, there's a, a great absence. My wife told me, don't, don't talk about what's wrong with the church today. Just talk about good. So I'm, I'm going to try to talk about good today. But, we, but there is an absence of, of understanding of the false prophetic uh, because people don't see or understand the true prophetic. Therefore, the false prophetic is robbing people of their true prophetic inheritance. If you don't know what you're really supposed to be getting, th- this is why at jobs they tell you don't tell anybody what you're making because then they have to pay everybody the right amount. They want you in on the conspiracy. And, and, uh, and uh, what, what we want to do is uncover the conspiracy to keep you out of what you deserve. This is why we want the real prophetic. Swan, if you get a moment, if you could go ahead and switch the lights for me, I would appreciate it. Uh, a lot going on back there in the tech. I get it. Uh, we, I'm so thankful for our production team. Can you just give them a hand? So thankful for them every time. <clears throat> so uh, Wednesday night, uh, we just kept reading these scriptures on how the prophets encountered heaven. And I tell you, the glory came. And uh, <clears throat> I went to bed uh, that night. And I, and I, I was like Jacob wrestling with God the entire night. I kept waking up every hour or so. And it felt like, like God, like I, was, I had these prophetic dreams. And I was rebuking some things in my dreams. And I was wrestling with God for things. And I would visit people in my dreams. And I would rebuke them. And uh, then I would come, I would come back. 
and uh, uh, it, it is it is it is what it is. And so I was um, I was I was uh, some things were being I knew that things were stirred up in the heavens. This is going to be a bit of a prophetic message today. Is that all right? Things were stirred up in the heavens Wednesday night, and so all of Thursday I was I was wrestling. But I knew it wasn't a demonic attack. I knew God was doing the shaking. And uh, I, I, after the entire night, of, does anybody experience this? Anybody get a night this week where you were wrestling and you thought maybe you just had a bad night's sleep or maybe you ate wrong? But I tell you, there is war in the heavenlies and uh, there was a war happening. And uh, on Wednesday night, all Wednesday night into Thursday morning, I was doing this wrestling. And then I finally got to sleep uh, like two hours in a row. And when I woke up in the morning, as clear as you hear my voice speaking right now, I heard the Lord tell me, this Sunday you're going to talk about deliverance. I was like, oh, oh okay. So to this morning, I'm going to preach on deliverance. I'm going to preach on deliverance this morning. And um, if, if, if you, you the people of God, if, if you are going to fulfill your call to bring freedom and power to people, you first have to walk in freedom. You, you have to learn how to walk in freedom so that we can bring this freedom and prophetic promise to the people of South Florida. We have to be able to walk free of demonic powers. We have to be able to take authority over the unclean spirits of the age. We have to recognize the true voice of God. We need to be cleansed and free so we can be everything that Jesus called us to be. Say amen. Jesus came sinless to deliver us from our sin. Let me say that again. Jesus came sinless to deliver us from our sin. There was, a re- there was a reason he had to come born without the Adamic sin nature. He did not have the sin nature so he could fully walk free of sin so he can pass that down to us. That has to be important to us. This living free of the sin nature has to be important to us. And uh, I'm going to heed my wife's admonition uh, and stay focused this morning. Uh, but I, I, have, um, I, have, I have complicated... You know, if you're going to be a Christian today, you're going to have some complicated conversations with some people. There's a lot of, there's a lot of, lot of really bad teaching out there. There's, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of false teaching. There's a lot of people who act like they're teachers but aren't really teachers. A lot of people who act like they're pastors who aren't really pastors. People act like they're prophets aren't really prophets. There's self-appointed elders uh, on, on social media, and it's hard to discern who is true and who is not. And so I have to have very complicated conversations with these people, asking them questions I know that they can't answer. I had a conversation really with, recently with some folks who... Um, <clears throat> Well, I'm just trying to be polite. Uh, they, 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 they espouse a philosophy of sinlessness, basically. Uh, they, they were talking with, um, with some folks who, and it's kind of some new age religion type stuff, and it's all peace, love, and harmony. And I believe in Christ we're all supposed to have peace, love, and harmony. Amen. In Christ. And, and, and they're, but they just want it without the Christ. And I'm like, man, that, that all sounds, that sounds just amazing. That's that's. That's, that's beautiful. That's great. Uh, one question, what do you do with your sin? I'm, I'm sorry, what? Your sin. You would acknowledge that you sin. What do you do with it? What happens to it? Where does it go? I can tell you where my sin is, 
My sin was bought and paid for on the cross of Calvary by Jesus Christ. His blood was shed on that cross and now washes me and cleanses me of all unrighteousness. My sin has been cast into the pit of hell through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. Where's your sin? All you can do is try to do more good stuff so you don't think about the sin that you've done. That's all you could do. All you could try to do, you could try to forgive it. You are on your own, and so you're trying to live in a way where you block out your sin. I don't block out my sin. My sin's been blotted out. I don't have to worry about my sin coming back to haunt me because it's been paid for by the shed blood of Jesus Christ. And I'm, I'm kind of free of it. What do you do with it? I'm like, well, we don't really look at it that way. I was like, I know. You look at it all the time, unfortunately. You go to bed at night, and there it is waiting for you. Mine is not there waiting for me at night. It's been taken care of by Jesus. You see, by Jesus Christ coming and dying on the cross as a sinless sacrifice, He has paid for that sin. He has made recompense with our God, and therefore we have an inheritance with Him to have authority over these things. Unfortunately, other people have been tricked into the lie that they have to live with their sin the rest of their life. And the best you can hope for is that it won't plague your mind all the time. It's not freedom, is it, Duke? That's not freedom at all. That is you having to overcome this world on your own. And none of us can do that. We weren't created for that. The same way I ask people who say, you know, well, I just, I just uh, you know, I don't believe this is sin and I don't believe those are sins. I, I just believe God wants us to be happy. I'm like, well, help me understand James chapter 4, verse 7. Uh, put it up if you would, please. James 4, 7 says, Submit therefore to God, resist the devil, and he will flee. I got a question for you. What is the devil doing right now? If you believe there isn't really any sin and God is just, you know, excited about everything, what, 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 how do you reconcile this scripture to your life? Let me, let me ask you this. Hopefully you're living a life trying to recognize what God is doing. Amen? This is what we do. We pray, God, speak to me. God, help me. God, lead me. God, deliver me, right? We pray, God, give me words, give me favor, give me open doors, give me peace. We ask God for all kinds of stuff, but do you know what the devil is doing in your life? Do you know the demonic assignment on your life? Do you understand what the spirits of this age are doing? This isn't a trick question. This isn't a, I'm not trying to be clever right now. James chapter 4 told the church who knew Jesus, now, they were discipled by him. They knew him. They saw him resurrected. They saw him dead. They saw him buried. They saw him resurrected. They saw him ascended. The angels told them where he is. Then the Spirit of Christ came and filled them with the Spirit. These people knew God. Are you with me? These people knew God. James probably knew him pretty well, seeing how he's his brother. Right? Like he probably knew Jesus pretty well. So he's probably had an insight. There's a, there's a reason that he was a leader of the church at Antioch, right? He knew God. And yet James says, you better know what the devil's doing. But there's whole theologies out there today that you don't have to worry about the devil at all. As a matter of fact, there, there is no, you know, what it's it all, you know, it's just, just be happy. God just really wants you to be happy. And I would say amen, but there's a way to happiness, there's a definition of happiness, there's a road to happiness, and it all goes through Jesus Christ. And there's a false gospel that gets preached out there that you can be happy with your sin. And so what's happening is, uh, it, it, it's, you know, you know when, 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 you're, when you're healthy, uh, and then you get sick, you go to the hospital, right? And you go to the hospital, and I don't want to go to the hospital and them say, well, I'll just teach you how to live with this cancer. I don't want to live with the cancer. 
right? Because you're dying with cancer. And so some people are, are, try, are preaching what they're calling the gospel, but teaching you how to die with your cancer. For a moment, it'll make you happy. I have loved ones I know right now who are battling cancer, and I am grieving with them, believing the Lord to deliver. But the last thing they want is the doctor to say that this isn't a big deal when it's a big deal. If it's a big deal, you want to treat it. Amen? I don't want a doctor who says, yeah, that, that looks like cancer, but, you know, let's just give it a couple years and see if the tumor grows. Like, no, no, um, no, let's get the cancer out. If you're dating someone and they're like, um, your friend comes to you and says, you know, he may be cheating on you, but, you know, I wouldn't worry about it. You know, we'll just see in a couple years. If, you, if he breaks up with you for her, then you'll, then you'll know. Anybody signing up for that relationship? N- no, I, I want to find out right now. Right now, right now, right? And if your best friend, if your best friend knows that they're cheating on you and they don't tell you, that's not a best friend. If people are gossiping about you and your people don't come and tell you that people are gossiping about you, they are not friends. And if anybody says, hey, I wanna, I'm going to tell you this, but don't tell anybody because, you know, I'm going to sin with you, but don't tell anybody. They want you to be trapped in their sin. These are not friends. These are not friends. And so James is like, you better, you better figure out what the enemy's doing so you can stop helping him out. You, you better figure out. And, and that means that there's some people who are in agreement with the enemy. And when you resist the devil, you may make yourself not friendly with those who are submitting to the devil. Jesus said they hated me, therefore they're going to hate you. Why would he say that? Why would he say that to the Christians? Why, why, why would Jesus say, they don't, 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 you don't, get, don't get it twisted, you're going to be persecuted? We want, a, we want an effortless gospel these days. We want, a, we want a gospel that's not actually in the Bible. We want a Christianity that isn't actually biblical, where we're all just in some sort of uh, 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 kumbaya session, uh, just loving on one another, and, and like we're living in an Instagram house, right? Where, where, where we're all just taking these pictures, looking like we have great lives, but underneath the surface, it's all chaotic mess. That, that, that is not helpful. I'm preaching right now. I hope y'all are getting this. I'm, 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 I'm speaking to your spirit, man. I'm, I want to I cause a little holy discomfort that the devil has gotten too much authority in your life, that he's got too much of a root system dug down into your minds, and we're going to root him out so we can walk in the prosperity God has for us. Amen? <laughs> Submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. There's an order to this, and we'll talk about it in a moment. Submit to God. Resist the devil, and he'll flee from you. You resist the devil without submitting to God, you got nothing but a demonic fight all day, every day. All you do is fight demons, and that is not a good life to live. If the demons are floating around, you probably have not submitted to God. I want, them, I want to see them flee seven ways. Okay, I'm going to go into kind of management theory for a second, all right? You put up that graphic for me. You see, there is authority and there is responsibility. These are two lines of a graph, right? For those of you who are managers and manage people, you get this. If you're an employee, you get this even though you don't know it. My son and I were having a conversation the other day about he's a manager at work and his bosses wanted them to have more responsibility. But they did not give them an equal amount of authority. 
When you are responsible for stuff, but you don't have authority to change it, you live frustrated. That's the bottom right-hand corner. You are responsible for stuff, but you don't have authority to change it. You live absolutely frustrated. I hate that. I hate living this. Like I want this. Um, um, God is. Um, I, 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 like people that can't get the job done, and you won't let me change it to make it done. I am frustrated. Now, where many people that I have very little time for are people who have who will walk in no authority and take no responsibility for anything. Their lives, they're just resigned. Whatever happens, happens. Yeah, I don't make any money. Yeah, I don't have good relationships. Yeah, my finances are going the right. Yeah, my marriage is falling apart. Yeah, my kids aren't being raised well. Yeah, it is what it is. Yeah, the government at some point maybe will take care of me. Yeah, maybe my mama will take care of me. Yeah, maybe I'll, I'll you know. Yeah, I, I have very little, little time for that type of personality. Because that person will not take responsibility for their own lives. Are, are you with me? Now, a, 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 a tyrannical rule, a tyrant, is someone who has all the authority but refuses to take responsibility for well-being. Historically, politicians who are tyrants exercise all their responsibility, but they only care about themselves. They, won't, they, don't, they don't take responsibility for you. They don't take responsibility for doing a good job. They're like, I'm the boss. I don't care how it affects you at all. That's, 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 that's tyranny. This is many of the, the Greek gods, the Roman gods. These are the gods that men make. Their god require things from you, but they don't have any responsibility to take care of you. Why don't they have responsibility? Because they're not real. They can't actually affect the world. There, there, there's a reason, no matter what continent on this planet you go to, there are, there are hospitals, there are orphanages named after Christian leaders, after Christian movements, because God sent, Jesus sent the disciples out there to take care of people. And so you see St. Jude's Children's Hospital. You'll see Baptist Health Network. You'll see Methodist uh, Hospital. You, you will see um, the Sisters of Charity Orphanages all over the planet because Jesus gave us responsibility for this planet and he gave us authority to get things done. Amen. I, 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 I want people to walk in the authority God has given them and take responsibility for their own lives. My wife and I have dedicated our lives to helping people to walk in the authority God has given them so they can take responsibility for their lives and live a healthy, holistic, Christian life. My wife is a therapist. I cast the devil out of people and get them filled with the Holy Ghost, right? Like this is, this is get them saved and filled with the Holy This is what we do. This is the, the two sides of a coin here. My wife will listen to your problems. I cast the devil out and get you filled with the Holy Ghost, right? This is, this is, this is what we do. If you want one from the other, you're probably going to be frustrated, right? But if you get the right combination, things work well. Because we, we want, like, like I, to see ladies, to see y'all in, in, in successive unhealthy relationships, Breaks my heart. And let me be just really, really, really honest. I remember when I was in youth ministry, I would, I would preach a lot like this curse that goes through my family ends in my generation. Now, now instantly, many youth get offended, like, don't be talking bad about my parents. I'm like, I'm not talking bad about your parents. I'm telling you to recognize what has been passed down to you. Rec and then decide, I'm going to do it different. 
Like, just because my parents were mean to me doesn't mean I'm going to be mean to my kids. My kids, my, my parents were perfect. You tell me about the, the screaming in your house all the time. Like, you don't have to judge them, but get realistic about what the devil is doing in your family. And do something about it. Allow yourself to get transformed by the power of the Holy Ghost so you can give your kids a better life than you had. That means we got to take a little bit of responsibility for how my life is going. My, I am not living the ultimate realized life. I'm not, giving, I'm not living the fantasy life I had when I was however old. But what am I doing? I am owning my part in the life that I'm living. Like you, you, have to, you have to own your life where it is right now. We, many people come into Christianity and they get like a, um, they, they use this lotto Jesus teaching. Come to Jesus and you hit the jackpot and you'll be rich and you'll have a beautiful spouse and you won't have problems and, and your kids are, are all going to be, you know, apostles and uh, you're going to be given a nation and you're going to have bags of gold, right? Like this. And, and then you get about three, four years into it and you're like, wait a minute, n- n- none of this is happening. And people are like, oh, the problem is, and then you, you ever see like those trees where like you start looking at the problem? Well, if you're in one camp, it's because you're not giving enough. Another camp is because you're not uh, declaring enough. Another camp is because you're not serving enough. Whatever, whatever it is, the problem's you. Not maybe there was a lie. The problem is you were, you were, you were lied to. Right. The, the truth is we have to submit to God, resist the devil and he flees. We have to choose to live a life of Christianity where Jesus said sufferings will come. But I have overcome the evil one. Our reward is on the other side of eternity. But we live here in a way that we get to walk in freedom and give it away. See, the devil has been after your blessing. The devil has been after your inheritance. The devil has been after your authority. The devil has been after your call. And he is relentless. He's got nothing to do but attack Christians. He has, he has all the time in the world to, do, to, to continue to attack you and steal from you and rob you. My wife is a, is a mental health counselor. And um, uh, I, I am more aware of the mental health crisis in the United States than I have ever been. Right? So... I like I fully I want you to hear that if you're dealing with any mental health issues right now, I fully validate that those are real. Right. I get it. There is there is psychological. There is spiritual. There is physical roots of emotional distress. I fully get that. I also get that we get we have choices. Like, what am I going to meditate on? Am I going to meditate on the Word of God or am I going to meditate on how I am feeling right now? There is, we talked about this, that there is a training yourself in righteousness. There is, a, like, there, like, when I was in youth ministry, I would teach it this way. You got to, you got to, like, you, maybe, you, maybe you dealt with depression most of your life. And, and when you get saved as a young man, you start getting a lot of conversations about avoiding porn, right? Like, young guys and you're in youth, that's like, that's most of discipleship. Don't look at porn, right? And so uh, a youth I was discipling, he's like, man, you got to treat those thoughts like porn thoughts. I was like, that's a good word right there. Some of you need to like transfer whatever's evil in your life onto depression and say, I got to treat depression like it's pornography and stop meditating on it. 
I have to stop meditating on how that relationship broke up. I have to stop meditating on that disappointment. I have to stop meditating on that fear. Hear me. I'm not just... If you have an anxious thought in your life, at some point you have to say, I cannot meditate on that. Jesus has not called me to meditate on that. He's called me to meditate on who he is. And I'm telling you, meditating on the thing that makes you anxious will never make it go away. I, am, I mean, whatever you stare at gets bigger. Whatever you focus on gets bigger. That's the power and authority that you have as a believer. And if you want to give that authority the thing that's going to consume you, you can do that. However, I would move that over into apathy. I would move that into, well, whatever happens, happens. I'm just going to give in to whatever my body feels like doing. And we do not come into the promise of God that way. Good word, preacher. Keep preaching that, pastor. I Just a good word right there. I'll take that. <clears throat> there's a song that's been singing in heaven. There's many songs in heaven. As we look at the book of Revelation, the, the book of Revelation, uh, as we talked about on Wednesday night, is, is I really, I, I, I almost feel bad telling people this. It's like telling them, like a, a kid in elementary school, there's no Santa Claus. Like, um, the book of Revelation is, is not some confusing book about someone with a mark in the future that might be a leader in Europe, it's, it's almost entirely about the oppression of Rome. I mean, it's pretty, pretty clear. Um, but the point of the book isn't even that. The fact that we, we, we assign the meaning of this book to the devil robs Jesus. The Bible, the, literally, the first words of the book are the revealing of Jesus Christ. Revelation is revealing, just Jesus Christ being seen, the revelation of Jesus Christ. It's the first words in the book, and yet people still don't understand that's what the book is about. It's about Jesus. Is, is, are y'all with me? Are y'all, are y'all like, and yet, so like, oh, what's a, the book and the beast? I'm like, the book says what it's about and who it's written to in the very first chapter. It's about the revealing of Jesus and the writing to a church in Asia Minor. I mean, it's, it's right there in the book. It's like, oh, it must be about, I remember when it was about Gorbachev. Then I remember it was about Obama. I remember it was about Trump. It's not about any of these people. It's about Jesus. The book is about Jesus. And when we look at the book, there's warfare on the earth. And there's these people who think they have power over the church. And yet, they turn, they look, they see Jesus in heaven, and everybody worships. Then there's more people on earth fighting, thinking they're going to accomplish something. And they stop. And they look, and there's the lamb slain since the foundation of the world, and though everybody begins to worship. Then there's some more fighting, and people on the earth think they have power, and then in heaven they look, oh look, there's the lamb of God who's still there, slain before the foundation of the world, and everybody begins to worship. It's a book about no matter what's happening on earth, you still need to be worshiping Jesus because he has conquered sin and death. That, 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 don't, don't, don't look at this book and be scared. Don't look at Revelation and be scared about the future. Look at the book and look for the Lamb. Amen. I hope that sets someone free. You're like, Pastor, I don't know about that. That's okay. We can, we can, you could be wrong. It's all right. We can, we can, we still love one another, right? But, but, but if, if you read this Bible and you come away scared, God has not given you a spirit of fear. That's what my Bible says. Nor has he given you, nor is he the author of confusion. 
there's no way he said this book is about the revealing of Jesus, but it's really about the devil. Right? It's, 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 he's not confused. Amen. That's a good word, Pastor. I'm just, I'm just preaching right now. I'm just, I'm, I'm just making myself happy. I don't care. But, but in heaven, here's one of the songs. Here, listen, here's a loud voice in heaven. Revelation chapter 12, starting in verse 10. You, I want you all to meditate on this. Revelation 12, 10. Then I heard a loud voice in heaven saying, now, say now. Now, now the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ have come. For the accuser of the brethren have been thrown down. He who accuses them before our God day and night. And they overcame him, the accuser of the brethren, by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. Can you say amen? Listen, we, look, we have authority. We have authority and in heaven they're excited when they watch us exercise that authority over the devil. Heaven sees you walking in this authority. Now salvation has come. Well, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I want you, to, I want you as you read your Bibles, look how much God connects how you talk about other people with your forgiveness from God and walking in victory. Accusers are from the enemy. Blessers are from those who meditate on the testimony. Or from Christ. We, ha- we are responsible for the words that we speak. Because they're either going to empower the testimony in our life or they're going to empower the enemy. Are, are you with me? I think that's a good word right there. Listen, I'm going to say it again. The battle is more spiritual than you think. The battle is more spiritual than you think. The battle is more spiritual than you think. I um. You ever have ever have someone you like really love, who's like an addict and you can't help them? Don't you hate that? You're like ah, oh, I just I really want to help you. I really want to help you, but you think this thing is helping and it's, it's destroying you. It's 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 tearing your life down. I know you're scared to let it go, but, and I just see that with demons on people so often. Like I just see them, and I'm like, I, 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 I could make this thing go away if you want, but I'm fearful you don't want it to go away. This is, you think this is part of your personality, but it's not. And even today, we see that there is genetic mutations that happen with people in habitual sin. There is an empowering of the Spirit in our own lives that affects the creation. And God wants to redeem us from the powers of sin and death and Mike was telling me somebody he uh, you know he goes on the streets feeds the homeless leads them to Christ and uh, he ministered to a lady this week and uh, he just shared the gospel with her and as he shared the gospel with her she just began crying uncontrollably have you, have you seen that I just I love that and, they, and people are caught they have no idea why they're un- like when the spirit comes upon you in a message and an anointed service like this and the anointing of God gets on you and something happens in your heart 
and you just begin to like, you don't know what is going on, but your emotions somehow are flooded in ways that you can't control. You may start laughing. You may start crying uncontrollably. Your soul, like, has, you, like, you have no ability to stop it. And then people invariably begin to apologize. They're like, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm like, no, no, what you don't understand is this isn't you. There is something happening spiritually on the inside of you that is, that is there is a cleansing, there is a, there is a rejuvenation, there is a liberation that's happening. And this woman just began to cry uncontrollably. I, and, and as Mike told me the story, I, I was able to see the whole thing in the spirit realm. And as this woman gave her life to Jesus, all of a sudden this thing that deadened her emotions came off her life. And all of a sudden the grief of the oppression came to the surface and the, and the, and the rejoicing and the freedom at the same time. And they both began to cry. And I love to see people cry because tears cleanse the soul. The person who's unable to cry is, un- is not in touch with their true selves. And, uh, and, and as, as you are in touch with the true you, the you God created you to be, not the you you had to form because the violence was so often, or the abuse was so often, or the neglect was so often, or the, or, or the, the mistreatment or the abandonment was so often that you had to turn off your emotions and you had to create a new you to protect yourself from the world. But as you're in contact with the world, with the Spirit of God, with the Christ who grieves with you in the midst of your trials, the Christ who's there interceding for you, knowing that there's something better for you, the Father who looks down upon you in your loss and says, I grieved when my son died as well, the Christ who's interceding at the right hand of the Father who says, I cried, I wept when I saw what happened to Lazarus, I wept over Jerusalem knowing what's going to happen, the Spirit who makes intercession with groanings too deep for words, this triune God that is grieving and interceding and wanting something better for you as you begin to partner with that spirit to come into touch with who you really are of course your emotions are triggered and touched in ways you didn't even know were going to happen and tears begin to flow and your heart begins to open and you become a little uncomfortable because you just became vulnerable in ways you learned not to be because you are now safe in the arms with a God who will not abuse you who will not forsake you who will not take advantage of you, who will not leave you out there, who won't lie to you. All of a sudden, you're in perfect safety, and your soul doesn't know how to do anything but, but, but just cry. Can you say amen? amen? I live to see that happen to people, don't you? But you have to value that. You have to value that. Oh, geez, I'm getting activated right now. And um, my bishop hates that term, but I'm going to use it anyways. I'll talk about it on Wednesday night. He hates that term. I'll tell you, since I said it here, we're family. He hates the term when you activate someone else because uh, as if man has control over it. So I feel like my prophetic senses are now quickened, I think, because I'm preaching the word of God. He would be okay with that. But to say, I'm going to activate you is to say that I'm in control of God. And he, he, he don't like that so much. And he's like, don't, don't, uh, don't, don't be ordained by me and use that. You are not God. All right. I'm, I'm good. He didn't say that to me personally. He said that to a group. I took it personally. <clears throat> I'm like, yes, I repent. I submit to the bishop. No, I'm, I'm good. All right. I'm not going to get through this whole message. I'm going to talk for a while. And then I'm going to call Stanley up, and then the, the Spirit of God is going to descend into the room, and people are going to get free. I'll, I'll, okay, as we talk about this deliverance, 
I don't have time to go into all this, right? Uh, but in, in Luke chapter 9, I'm going to give you an overview here. You ready? Do you love the Word of God? I really love the Word of God. I really love the Word of God. The, the Lord took me through a season of telling people, don't worship the Bible, right? Don't worship the Bible. Don't, don't, don't replace God with the Bible, right? And then he said, okay, now you need to love it. Oh, I get it. Don't, you, it doesn't replace God. I need to come into relationship with it, though. I need to understand it, discern it, apply it correctly. And now I love the Bible more than ever. I'm so happy. Thank you, Jesus. Because could you imagine? I, I shouldn't say this. This is going to be bad. But I'm going to say, can you imagine if you just had to go by what you heard? Thank you for the Bible, Jesus. Okay, so Luke chapter 9. I've heard some goofy things, Luke. I'm going to be honest with you, Duke. I've, I've, I've heard some non-edifying things. King of the earth. Kanye is king of the earth. Yes, absolutely. We had a conversation about this in pre-morning, uh, pre-service intercession in uh, I promise I wasn't going to go there. So uh, we'll just, I'm, just, I'm just going to roll it back. Hallelujah. I, I will say this. I'm, I'm just going to say it because it's just family. Can we say that? I, 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 you know, I, I, we need to pray for Kanye West. Number one, we need to pray for this man um, because he has influence. And I believe there are people who are making money off his mental illness. And he is being manipulated he, he's responsible for what he says. He has responsibility. He has authority over his own mouth. He can say whatever he wants. But there are spirits at work capitalizing on his mental illness. And it's going, it's going to leave him broken, embarrassed. And, and it's going to further taint his witness. And let's just pray for him right now, shall we? Father, I don't know Kanye West. I don't know this man. And I don't stand in judgment of this man. I do stand in judgment of some of those words he's spoken, though, and I know that they were blaspheme, and I know he has um, spoken against your people, um, and I, I know that wasn't by your spirit, but I do pray that you would heal him. Just pray with me if you would. I pray that you would heal him. You would show yourself mighty in Kanye's weakness. You would show yourself glorious and powerful in his weakness, that you would be glorified in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Keep in prayer. And me. I'm just throw that in there. All right, so uh, Luke chapter 9. If you're praying for anybody, pray for me. Okay, so listen. Now, I just got through my introduction, right? So I have to rush through the rest. She said, you can preach the rest next week. See, my wife is like trying to get to lunch. I'm, I'm, but I'm serving meals right now. That post-service glorious nap. Listen. In Luke chapter 9, Jesus gets his disciples, and he sends his 12 disciples out to do the stuff, right? Remember this? He sends these 12 out who, like, bumbling buffoons, he sends them out to do the work of God, and they do it. And then right after that, John the Baptist is beheaded. So Jesus is, is very grieved over this, and he goes to be by himself, and the crowds don't let him even grieve the passing of his cousin the murder of this great prophet who, who prepared the way for him. And so he, he, um, the crowds followed him and he heals them and he feeds the 5,000 because that's who our God is. Um, and then he went on this mountain with uh, Peter and John and James and Moses and Elijah show up 
uh, and he's in, in spirit, and he's transfigured, uh, and they recognize there is this holiness to him that no one else has. And then he comes back down, and uh, then he talks to them some more, and then he sends out 70 disciples, right, two by two. He sends out, uh, I believe, 72. It says 70 in one. It says 72 in another. I believe it's 72, but that's irrelevant. Uh, he sends out the 72, and he tells them to go and do the stuff, right? Do the stuff that he's been doing. And uh, it's very interesting that uh, in this, Luke doesn't record any of the stuff that they did. It's always important to, to recognize in the Bible what's written and what's not written, right? So they don't glorify anything that the disciples did while they went, right? So the disciples come back, and uh, the Bible says uh, in verse 17, the 70 returned with what? All right, let's say it together. The 70 returned with, okay, saying, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And he said to them, I was watching Satan fall from heaven like lightning. Behold, I have given you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all power of the enemy, and nothing will injure you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rejoice that your names are recorded in heaven. Now, just a side note, as you study the Bible, this is called an inclusio. Uh, the, the, this little passage starts with joy, right? The 70 returned with joy. And then if you were to look at how it's written, there would be like a, a line, and then a line, a line, and then a line. There's these inclusios. Or it's sandwiched in joy. Because at the beginning, he talks about they return with joy. And at the end, Jesus tells them how to direct their joy, right? So we know this is one teaching that Jesus is trying to do. So as you study the scriptures, kind of be aware of this. But I want, before we talk about this in depth, deliverance ministry is marked with joy. It's not about vomiting. It's not about manifestations. It's not about, it's not about headaches and, and wizards and talking in different languages, though I've seen all that. I've seen, I've seen, have you seen that? Have you seen, sometimes that stuff happens. We never want it to happen, though. Amen? The, the goal is joy. Are you with me? I, I, I've, I've seen, I've seen, I've seen, I think I've seen it all. I, I've seen a lot of crazy stuff in the demonic realm. I've seen people contort their faces in ways that aren't physically possible. I've seen people speak in languages they don't know how to speak. I've seen spirits come out and manifest into bugs and um, reptiles. I think only reptiles and bugs. I've not seen like, I've, well, fox. Um, I've, I've seen some crazy stuff. I've seen people do supernatural feats of strength. I've seen, I, I've seen some crazy stuff. Um, and now I just don't, I, I generally just don't let them do that. Because it's supposed to be about being free in Jesus. Are, 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 are you with me? Back to Luke chapter 10, verse 18. For years, I, I, um, in verse 17, they came back and said, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. That means that they are marked by Jesus. They have the authority of Jesus. They went out and demons were obeying them and they were so excited about it. And in verse 18, he says, um, I was watching Satan fall from heaven like lightning. And I always thought that was like Jesus, like saying, don't get too excited about yourself. You saw a demon flee. I saw Satan fall, right? Like, don't, 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 don't be too excited about yourself. I don't believe that's what that means anymore. I now believe that when people get free, literally the, the spirit over them falls. I believe that Jesus was back home saying, wow, I'm watching the devil fall over these principalities. As these people get free, 
the, the high place of authority that that spirit had because of that person is no longer there. I, I want to tell you, like, when you, when you win someone to the Lord, you bring someone to church, and they get saved and set free, like, there is a spirit that falls over their family. They're, they're, I mean, like, you're affecting regions. And I mean, just imagine all the people who work for them or the kids who come after them or their grandkids or all their neighborhood. Like, I, I've had neighbors that I want to cast the devil out of just to make my neighborhood better. You know, just like, if I could just get the devil out of you, we would have nicer lawns. Like, we would, it'd be quieter around here. Like, you would just, the whole neighborhood would be better, right? Like, there's politicians. I'm like, if I could cast the devil out of you, there might be some, anyways, um, I just people. And, and so I believe when you get someone free, Satan falls like lightning over their lives. And that brings joy. There's a, there's a time of warfare, but the kingdom, of, the kingdom is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 Shekabah. Shabbat. Becca, do you get dreams? Do you get do you get do you, do you do you have do you get dreams? Are they prophetic dreams? I want you to be aware of your dreams. I want you to be aware of like so if God's gonna give you wisdom, that's not gonna make sense to anybody. Okay, I'm gonna say this really politely, because they're not expecting it. Some people are like they, they walk around like they're Socrates. And so like people don't listen to him anymore. You know what I mean? But other people just out of nowhere, like, like when you have kids and your kids will say something, you're like, oh, that was the Lord right there because my kid's not that smart, right? Like, <laughs> kids will speak to you. The Lord used to speak to me through my son all the time when he was young. And uh, I mean, like all the time. And it was quite irritating because it was never an edifying word. Um, <clears throat> it was always words of correction. My son is very uh, kind of black and white in his personality. If it's right, it's right. If it's wrong, it's wrong. And when he was little, he'd just be like, but aren't you not supposed to do that? And I'm like, oh, God, oh, yeah. <laughs> guess I'm not supposed to be doing that. I guess you're right. <laughs> we went on a road trip one time, one time, and I, like, got this, like, it was driving across the state, you know, like, when you go through, like, and, like, the, the, they trick you with the speed limit, you know? Like, it's, like, 75, and then it's, like, 40. And you're, like, and there's a police officer just happens to be sitting where it's 40, right? Like, it, yeah, coincidence, right? And so I got pulled over. I took my son with me on a business trip, and, um, and I was driving to Tampa, and I got pulled over, and I got a ticket. I was like, man, this is like the first ticket in, I don't know, since most of y'all were born. And, um, and I tell you, almost every public situation for the next year and a half, my son would bring that up. And I'd be like, like remember that time that you got pulled over by the police? I'm like, I'm, I'm trying to invite somebody to church right now, son. Like, what's, like, this... Come on, let's like, come like, read the room. I'm, try, I'm trying to present myself as someone who knows how to do the right thing. I got to know. I mean, <laughs> and he was little, but then we just remember this would happen all the time. And just we knew people. We'd be at dinner and he'd like, remember the time the police officer pulled you over, Dad? And I'm like, Son, remember the thousands of times I've driven you and wasn't pulled over? Do you remember that? Do you know what the accuser of the brethren does day and night, son? Do you understand that he is constantly bringing this up? This, is, this may not be the ministry of the Holy Spirit right now. This might be something else. Come out of him, you know. Um, but, he, but my son, uh, he would regularly, like, just call stuff out. And I'd be like, oh, man. And, uh, and, and, uh, <laughs> and, 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 but anyways, so your dreams. 
that's all to talk about your dreams, by the way. And so in your dreams, I want you to be aware of dreams that are like more colorful and more um, reality than normal. Right? And, and, and write them down and pray through them. Like, like have somebody that you trust to say, I don't know what this means, but I think this means something. Does, does that make sense? Yeah. And so don't, don't go out there and tell people that you have prophetic dreams and that you're a dream interpreter. Like, don't do that. And don't try to make dreams say something they don't mean. But I want you to be aware of these because they're probably going to increase. I have more on that, but I don't, I don't really feel released to do it. But it's something to do. It, God is good. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. 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 Yeah. And um, I'm just going to do one more. So Luana, I feel like um, um, when, when, you, when you pray for people, I want you to be aware of the words you speak over them. And I don't want you to say things you don't, um, you're not sure if they're biblical or not. Like, I remember praying for people and you wanted it to be good, but it wasn't actually God. I had a, a young man who I was discipling, and he told me about how um, he had friends who were uh, in a marital problem, and he was beginning to get kind of a prophetic inclination. And uh, he prophesied to this guy that uh, if his wife doesn't want to go to church, that God's going to bring him a better wife. I'm like, um, son, um, we're, we're now going to learn what repentance means. Because <laughs> you're going to go back and you're going to repent of that word. Because that is not only not in the Bible, that is unbiblical. And it's way outside of your pay grade, right? Like God is not calling you to tell anybody what to do in their marriage. Period, right? Like not in Jesus' name at least. Uh, and so you need to go back and just, and so if you don't understand something, you're praying for something, you don't understand something, I really want you to remember that and, and stop dismissing it. Write it down, pray through it. Pray through it with somebody you trust. Figure out what you're supposed to do with that. And, and I think the reason I'm, I'm, I'm giving these words and I think you need to hear them is, um, none, nobody should hear God on their own. We should hear God in community. It's, it's, the, it's the isolated one that the enemy picks off. And, and, and it's, it, when people think they got it all on their own, those are the people who fall. Like, you don't need a prophet in your life. You need prophetic people in your life. And we hear God together. I have prophetic people in my life who tell me what they're hearing, and, I'm, and I have a couple of them. And sometimes it lines up, some, sometimes I don't understand, and sometimes I think they just don't like me, right? And, and we have to understand... Right? And so, Luana, I want you to, I want you to, I want you to, like, if you want this gift to grow, you're going to have to work it. Like, you know how many people want to be a teacher, but they don't actually want to learn the Bible? Those are the worst teachers out there. Because all they do is preach what they hear other people preach. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm just going on tangents today, Duke. Is that all right? I hope it's good. Psalm chapter 34. I want you to get this in your spirit. Write it down. Go home and pray it over yourself. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord, say but, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. He keeps all his bones. Not one of them shall be broken. Evil shall slay the wicked. And those who hate the righteous will be condemned. The Lord redeems the soul of his servants and none of those who take refuge in him will be condemned.
Now, are you saved? If you're not, we're going to give you an opportunity at the end of the service today. But, but I want you to hear this, and I want you to think of yourself as the righteous. And I want you to think of those who are oppressed by the devil who have been causing you problems as the wicked. All right? Now, I'm going to act like, are, are you going through anything? Is anybody here going through anything? Now, I have a word from God for you about what you're going through. Are you ready for it? All right. So many, of the affli- many are the afflictions of the righteous. Yeah, right? But the Lord will deliver you out of all of them. He will keep all your bones. None of them shall be broken. Evil shall slay the wicked. And those who hate the righteous will be condemned. The Lord redeems the soul of you, his servants, and none of those who take refuge in him will be condemned. Can you say amen? That means we need to strive to be the righteous, and we need to know what the enemy is doing so we can avoid being the wicked. We need to actively submit to God and be the righteous and rebuke the devil so we are not the wicked, so that when the Lord makes the enemy flee, we're not fleeing with him. I want the enemy fleeing. I don't want him taking my kids with him. I want the enemy to flee. I don't want him taking my wife with him. Also, I don't want the Lord to deliver the righteous, and that means that my wife leaves, and I'm stuck with the enemy, right? I want to be with the righteous and delivered from the wicked. Amen. Yeah, this is what the inheritance and promise of God is for your life. You see, you are safe in Jesus. Come on, somebody. You may feel like you have been overcome by your mental health issues. You may feel like you've been overcome by this economy. You may feel like you've been overcome by some liars who've been lying on you. You may feel like you've been overcome by a job that doesn't recognize who you are. You may feel like you've been overcome by the wicked, but you can trust Jesus. Can you say amen? You can trust Jesus that he is working on levels you do not know. There are pastors who are wrestling with the Lord in the midnight hour for your overcoming. There are people praying for you and lifting up intercession and declaring the word of God over your life. There is the blood of Jesus that still covers the sin of the wickedness. There is still the word of God that is going forth on your behalf. There is still the spirit of Christ who is moving and moving people to intercede and moving the enemy out of the way and empowering people to deliver you. God is still working on your behalf. Jesus is still going to fulfill his promise on your behalf. God is still going to deliver, empower, and put you in the place he has called you to. Many of the are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord, say the Lord, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. Can you say amen? Stand and see the deliverance of God. Stand and see the deliverance of God. You may not understand the season that you're in right now, but God is moving on your behalf. God is moving right now in ways you do not know. You may say, I do not understand what is happening, but I am going on with my God. I am sticking with my Savior. I am claiming the Word of God over my life. I declare that I shall be the head and not the tail. I shall be above and not beneath. Though they may fall by my 
right hand. You will walk with me and deliver me, God. I will stand and see the victory of the righteous in my generation. Can you say amen? Come on, somebody. Claim it right now. Receive it right now. Just thank him for it. Just thank him for it right now. Come on. Come on, just grab it and thank him for it right now. Come on, I believe him. I believe it. Come on, the victory is yours when the battle is the Lord's. Come on, come on, just give it to him right now. Lord, I trust you in this situation. I trust you in my housing. I trust you with my spouse. I trust you with my finances. I trust you with my future. I trust you with my enemies. I trust you with my reputation. I trust you with my depression. I trust you with my anxiety. I trust you, Lord Jesus. I trust you, Lord Jesus. I trust you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on up if you would, worship team. Hallelujah. 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 Come on. Hallelujah. 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 Ah, le, le, le. My wife and I went to go to bed last night. Hallelujah. And she's like, I just feel unsettled. I said, that's the devil. Now, you can sit there and we can run down the road of every issue we got. And, you know, it's hard. I know it's hard to believe, but I got issues. I know, I know it's hard. I know it's hard. I know, I know it stretches your faith to believe that, but I got issues. I know, I know, I know, I know. I know. It's blasphemy almost, but I, I do. I got issues. And uh, my wife doesn't. I do, though. And, uh, and, and she has me, so I guess she does, right? <laughs> And so uh, I said, you know what? I, 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 I got a word this week. I, a word I, I, I hope you got some people in your life who are speaking words you don't like. And I hope you don't run them out of your life. And don't let anybody else run them out of your life either. I'm not talking about an accuser. I'm talking about people who got a word you don't like. Who expect you to be better. I got a word this week about the Amalekites. And as soon as I heard it, I was like, oh, sweet Jesus. Now, I know you've got to read your Bible to understand that. But the, but the Amalekites have always been the enemies of Israel. Like, they are relentless in hating Israel. They, time and time and time again, the Israelites were blocked by the Amalekites. Like, like, they, like they're like hornets. Like, they don't give up. They keep coming. They keep coming. And the deal with the Amalekites is you can't just ignore them because they're not just going to go away. Anybody know what I'm talking about? They're not just going to go away. And so many times we have these issues and we just figure like, if I just wait long enough, they're going to go away. If I ignore it long enough, it's just going to go away. If, if I just act like I don't see it, it's just going to go away. And this is why I particularly didn't like this Amalekite word because I, I felt like I had dealt with some things enough and they were going to go away, but they hadn't gone away. And so I had two ways of looking at this word. I could have been resigned to this word. I could have just said, well, I guess I just have to live with this lie forever. Or I could be activated. Or I could say, the Lord gave me this word for a reason. Because he has given me responsibility and authority over this attacker in my life. I am not a victim of the threats of the Amalekites. 
funny thing about the Amalekites, time and again, the Lord told the people of Israel how to get victory over them, but the Amalekites stuck around because they didn't obey. They wanted to stay comfortable instead of get real victory. That means just don't tell me about the tumor, doctor. See, when you have the tumor and you don't take the truth about the doctor, what happens is you move from the hospital to the hospice. And hospice is just dying comfortably. And there's too many young, healthy believers in hospice right now, spiritually speaking. They're being kept comfortable, but they're dying. Because nobody is in their life to tell them, that's a cancer in your life. You need to cut that thing out and radically kill it. You need to do whatever it takes. I had cancer on my face, if you remember. And, uh, and uh, they had to cut out the cancer. And then when they figured out it was cancer, they had to cut out some good stuff. All around the bad stuff. Now I got a little scar on my face from it, right? I'm going to try to get the scar taken care of. But I look at the scar every day and I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't mourn. I rejoice because the scar reminds me I'm not dying of cancer, right? I look at the scar and I say, I'm not dying of cancer. You, Carl, are not dying of cancer. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And so, so uh, my bishop had a word that I wasn't planning on sharing with you today, but I'm going to. We've got to look back. And some of you are just going to have to mourn and just have a funeral for some things that need to die in your life. I gave this word about a month ago, six weeks ago, and then my bishop spoke it. And I was like, oh, wow, this is, this is the word of the Lord. And so now I am telling you, you're going to have to, you're, you have to make some, 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 some things are going to have to die. You're going to have to die to them. And whatever dies with them, let it die. Like your mama may like your abuser, but you're going to have to cut him out of your life even if your mama goes with it. Your best friend may, may, may get high with you, but when you stop getting high, you may lose your best friend. That's all right. Because like, that, that's a scar that talks about you're now free. So you're going to have to have a funeral over some things that died, right? But you're also going to have to look back in the midst of what was, what's now polluted because of the attack of the devil and rejoice over the things that were good in that season. You can't bury the good with the bad. So you look back and you rejoice. Man, I remember when that friend and I, we, we had good Christian fellowship and they helped me and we loved one another. I'm so sorry that they went the way of the devil. But I can't go with them down that road. I got to bury that thing. I had a job that started out great and then they turned wicked. And I'm like, oh, I can't go with you. I'm not, I can't go down that road with you because I don't want to be a felon. I'm sorry. I got other plans in my life. And so I had to go back and think about, yes, I learned a lot there, but are you getting me here? This is a, I think there's a prophetic word for the house right now. We can look back and rejoice over what God has done in your life and what he did through some times and seasons that are now anathema. bury those things that need to be buried. We'll rejoice over those things that need to live, but we're going to trust God in the future that His plan is coming to pass. Amen. 
Stand with me if you would. If we can wind up singing that third song, but not yet. <clears throat> so here's what we're going to do. I'm going to walk you through some deliverance. This is what we're going to do. We're going we're to obey James chapter 4, verse 7. I got more, but I just, I'll have to, I don't know. Let me speak this scripture over you just so I can put it in the, in the record, as it were, as you listen to this. Ezekiel chapter 2, verse 6 and 7. Some of you are going to have to rely on this word as you deal with these demons in your life. These devils in your life trying to rob you of your inheritance. Right? And you, son of man, neither fear them nor fear their words, though thistles and thorns are with you, and you sit on scorpions Neither fear their words, nor be dismayed at their presence, for they are a rebellious house. But you shall speak my words to them, whether they listen or not, for they are rebellious. You don't know if people are going to repent or not when you tell them the word of God. You just tell them the word. And so some people in your life, I feel like there's, there's some situations in your life, you're going to have to speak the word of God over it. And either blessings or judgments going to sit on that word. But you release the word and you don't be fearful of the people. Amen. This is a prophetic word. I hope, 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 you know, I hope, this, I hope I'm articulating it well. So we're going to submit to God, resist the devil, and he's going to flee. And we're going to use our mouth. And if you need to get somewhere where people aren't going to hear you, that's fine. But I, ain't nobody cares what's going on in your life. They're thinking about themselves right now, all right? So right now, very first thing, it says in, in James chapter 4, 7. Number one, we're going to submit to God. Submit to God. That's what we're going to do first. We're going to submit to God. <clears throat> so we're going to sing this song. We're going to sing the chorus or some or whatever. And, and we're, going to, we're, going to, we're, going to, we're going to sing. And as we do this, you're going to give your life to Jesus. We're going to repent. Lord, forgive me. I am now surrendering to you. I'm surrendering my life to you. I'm surrendering my marriage to you. I'm going to obey you in my relationships, in my hobbies, in my habits, and how I talk and how I think. Come on. Hallelujah, hallelujah, you have won the victory, we lift our voice and say, yeah, hallelujah, you have won it all for me, we sing, of our sins and telling the devil he has to leave our lives. If you sin specifically, you need to repent specifically. 
You're going to repent of the gossip. You're going to repent of, of, of slander. You're going to repent of your physical sins of your body, of your mental sins, of what you've meditated on, of not making God a priority, of uh, lusting after other things or people, or uh, sitting in judgment or bitterness or anger, of um, even sitting in hopelessness, even sitting in judgment, even even thinking that you're better than someone else. Come on, we're going to begin to repent. And what, what Stanley's going to do is, Stanley's going to sing the song, but you're not going to sing along. You are going to repent with your mouth of the sins in your life. You're going to say, Lord Jesus, forgive me for, and then you're going to fill that out until you're done. And then you're going to say, thank you, Jesus, for dying across for my sins. Forgive me for these sins. I receive that Jesus Christ is my Savior, right? So come on, we're going to do it right now. This is participatory. I hope you're getting this. Come on. We're going to get free of some sin right now in the name of Jesus. Come on. Come on, let's do it right now. Go ahead. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. You have won the victory. With your mouth, come on. I want to be clean. I want to be washed clean. White as snow, Lord Jesus. You want the devil to have no authority in my life. Death could not hold you Come on, come on, come on, repent, repent, come on, come on. She's going to watch some devils fall from the skies. Come on, freedom is in the room right now. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. seated, seated in majesty. Forgive me, Lord Jesus. for my issues. I will take responsibility for my family. I will take responsibility for my finances. I'll take responsibility for my words. You have won it all for me. Death could not hold you down. You are the reason king. So, ha. Huh. Hallelujah. So, whenever you want to help somebody get free of the devil, there's two steps. First, you want to get them saved. And then you tell the devil to get out of their life. Those are the two steps. Because once they're saved, the devil doesn't have authority in their life anymore. Amen. So that's what we're going to do. At this point, we are going to. We're going to rebuke the devil. But I'm going to lead you in a prayer of salvation. I pray this prayer would save people before I cast the devil out of me. Because once they're fully confessing the resurrection of Jesus Christ for their salvation, the enemy has no authority in their life any longer. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost moving right now. I feel the Holy Ghost moving right now. I feel the Holy Ghost moving right now. I feel Him moving right now. I feel Him moving right now. I feel Him moving in the room. I feel Him moving in the room. I feel Him in the room. Whoa! Hallelujah! Here we go! Wow! 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 Wow!
Saraboko, Edebeke, Sharabaka, Sedebeke, Oleba, Arribalaba, Sarba, Arribalaba, Arriba, Asaraba. Say, Ha, Sedebeke, Sarabaka, Oleba. I feel like some, some, some more repentance needs to happen. Just be honest with God. Just be honest with God right now. Be honest with God right now. Be honest with God right now. Come on. Be honest with God right now. Be honest with God right now. Come on. Sharabaka, Sedebeke, Sedebeke. Come on. You're going to walk out of here. Life's going to be different. Life's going to be different. Life's going to be different. Come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Life's going to be different. Life's going to be different. Sherebeke, Larabaka. Sherebaka, Sherebeke. Come on, 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 let your voice. Sherebeke, Sherebaka, Sherebeke, Alabaka, Sherebeke, Say, Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus, I have sinned. I, have sinned. I, knew it was sin, I knew it was sin, but I did it anyways. I, did it anyways. I ask you to forgive me. I, forgive I believe that Jesus was born of a virgin. He never sinned. beaten and murdered for my sins. He hung on a cross and died. He was buried in a tomb. But He rose from the dead. He walked the earth. And then He ascended into heaven where He is seated at the right hand of the Father. He's praying for me right now. And one day he's coming back for me. I believe that Jesus is my Savior. I believe that Jesus is my God. I believe that Jesus has defeated the devil. And I have the victory in him. And now, by that authority, I take responsibility for what the devil has done in my life. And I command every foul spirit, every unclean spirit, every unclean spirit, every foul spirit, every curse spoken against me, every attack of the devil, every lie against me, I rebuke it in the name of Jesus. I say it flees seven ways. The blood of Jesus covers me. I am washed by the blood of Jesus. Come on, come on, come on. Devil, you don't have authority over me. You will leave me. You will leave my family. You will leave my finances. You will leave my mind. You will leave my heart. You will leave my health. I have authority over you. And you will leave my life right now. Now in your own words, rebuke the devil. Rebuke him now. When Come on, I sing it out. my voice and shout, everyone come it's crashing, crashing down in your life right now. I command every foul and wicked spirit in your life to 
sovereign ways right now in the name of Jesus. Devil, you are defeated in this room. Satan, you are defeated. I cast you down in the name of Jesus. You lying, foul, wicked, seducting spirit. I call you out. I uncover you. And I command you to be broken. I curse you. And I send you back to that demonic, evil spirit that sent you. Oh, Jesus. For the Lord says, I've opened a door of victory for you 
And I encourage you today to walk through. I set before you life and death, blessings and cursings. Choose life today. For today I have lifted the hand of the enemy. I have lifted the hand, but you, my child, must walk in victory. You must daily choose to walk in my ways. You must choose to repent of those things that you had a part of, but allow me to take away those things you're holding on to that are not beneficial, says the Lord. Allow me to land you, lead you into the land by the still waters in the green grass that I call still waters in green grass. For today, the Lord says, I've shown you that what you have called green grass is not green grass. It is not the blessings of the Lord, but the blessings that you had made for yourself. But the Lord says, if you will repent today and you will trust me and you will walk in my ways and heed my word, you will look back on this day of victory as a rebirth, as it were, as a renewal, as it were, as a beginning of a new day. Today, walk in humility and choose life and it shall go well for you and your family, the Lord says. Amen. Amen. Give a shout of, of, of praise to God. Come on, if you receive it, give a shout of praise. Give a shout of praise. Stanley's going to sing this through one more time. If you need somebody to lay hands on you, if you're feeling nauseous, if you have a headache, you're feeling a little dizzy, I want to welcome you to come forward. We're going to quickly lay hands on you and believe God to deliver you. blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make His face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up His countenance on you and give you, let's say it together, peace. Amen. Give a clap offering to the Lord. Wow. Hallelujah. Now apparently there's some pastor appreciation refreshments, which I will eat at some point. But right now, the greatest blessing would be to see everybody walk in freedom. So stick around till you get free. Also want to remind the ladies, 5 p.m., Red Reef Beach. Come hey. meet with us. Time of fellowship and prayer.
the reckless love of God and all the overwhelming never-ending reckless love of God oh it chases me down vice till I'm found leads to 99 cause I couldn't earn it I don't deserve it still you give yourself away all oh, the overwhelming never ending reckless love if you're still in a room just begin to know to press on his love right now you love us Jesus you love us Father what a love, what a love, what a love, what a love, what a love. Yes, God. Oh, no shadow you won't light up, mountain you won't climb up, coming after me. Let's sing that together. No wall you won't kick down, line you won't tear down, coming after me. Oh, no shadow you won't light up. Mountain you won't climb up, coming after me. Whoa, no one you won't kick down, lie you won't tear down, coming after me. No shadow, no shadow you won't light up, mountain you won't climb up, coming after me. Whoa, no one you won't kick down. Lie, you won't tear it. Coming after me. Whoa, no shadow you won't light up. Mountain you won't climb up. Coming after me. Whoa, no wall you won't kick down. Lie, you won't tear down. Coming after me. No, the overwhelming, never this love of God no he chases me now fights till I'm found please tonight I couldn't earn it I don't deserve it still you give yourself away all oh, the overwhelming never ending reckless love and all the all the earth will shout joy our hearts will cry these bones will sing great are you Lord everlasting God all the earth will shout your praise our hearts will cry these bones will say
Lift your voice. In our lungs, before our... If you stayed longer, you might as well just tap in. It's your breath, yeah. In our lungs, yeah. So we pour out pour out It's your breath, it's your breath in our lungs, so we 